over the last year and a half, we've had a lot of conversations all around church media, tech, websites, social media, logos, branding, graphics, church bulletins, apps, and so many random conversations here and there. But the whole purpose of this show, the Small Church Media Podcast, is to literally help you grow the faith of your congregation while also being able to reach outside your form walls. We're going to do a big wrap-up conversation here for episode 80 and talk about the seven things I wish churches knew about media and technology. But before we jump into this conversation, I want to remind you that our sponsor, Hashtag.Church, is growing their resource library like crazy. They've been the, the sponsor here on the podcast for the last couple months, and it's been so much fun seeing what Bobby King is doing over there for small churches over at hashtag.church. From YouTube videos to a podcast network to even typed out blog written style content and resources to help you grow your church, you can be sure to find answers to questions that you have, maybe find inspirations for different ministries you already have, but just in general, be encouraged to grow your church using media and technology. So head over to hashtag.church today to learn more about them. So let's jump into this episode, episode 80, where we are talking about the seven things I wish churches knew about media and technology. You guys ready? Let's get it. This is the Small Church Media Podcast with Mark Hyde. Well, what is good, everybody? And welcome back to the Small Church Media Podcast. We are officially into the Lent season in the church Christian calendar. And what comes after Lent is Easter. So I just want to encourage you guys to make sure you are preparing your media for the Easter season. Now, I have not created new Easter graphics for this Christmas season. I was going back and forth on a little bit this morning. If we should, should we create some more new ones? Should we not? But if you head over to the Small Church Media Podcast website, hit that little search icon on the top right-hand corner if you're on desktop, or you could just search it, <laughs> click the button if you're there on mobile. And if you type in the word Easter, you'll see a couple different graphics pop up that I created for last year's Easter season. And these graphics still work tremendously for this season as well. So if you do not have Easter graphics for your church's Easter services, make sure you head over to our free free resource library and download those today. And I can also guarantee this, if you just search free Easter graphics, church motion graphics, uh, church marketing university, visual church media, so many different places have created free Easter graphic packages for you to use for your church. So make sure you check that out. But also, as you are preparing your website for the Easter service, I want to encourage you to go back to episode 31 of the podcast, where we talk about the eight key sections you need on your church's Easter website page. Because as people are looking for where they want to attend for Easter services, they have so many questions and they want to see, are you guys the right church for us and our family? People want to, they want to know about what's going on for kids, what's going on for the main service. Do you guys have Palm Sunday, Monday, Thursday? Is there a Holy Week tradition? Do you have some sort of Easter egg hunt? And then the biggest question is, why on earth does this even matter. So make sure you take advantage of all the other resources we have created for you guys here in the podcast library. Go back to episode 31, where you can learn about those key sections. And also, if you go back to November of, oh goodness, we're in 2023. So this would have been 2021, November, 2021, where we talked about how to do all the things you need to do to advertise special services for your church, specifically regarding the Christmas season. All that still applies for the Easter service 
as well. I've been talking about this here for the last few weeks on the podcast, but this is officially, for at least the meantime, the last episode of the Small Church Media Podcast. Um, as of right now, the day this is publishing, we are actually down at our local children's hospital. It's not really local. We got to drive to it, where uh, Hyde Baby number eight should be hopefully appearing here anytime. Now, I know um, if we're listening to this on a Tuesday morning, baby probably hasn't shown up yet and my wife just wants baby to come out. So, But we have a whole lot of needs that are going to be happening once our little guy's born with some congenital heart defects and some other issues and open heart surgeries that he's going to need. And so to make sure I can focus on him, my wife, the other seven kids, and make sure I do the job that I need to do to make sure we pay the bills, we just got to put a pause here on the podcast. So before we jump into this episode, I at least want to say for all of you guys and ladies who have been hanging out with me for the last year and a half on the podcast, it's been an honor to just kind of be a guide, hopefully, for you guys to just learn how to use different facets of media and technology to grow the faith of your congregation, maybe get some different ideas for different ministries of your church, and hopefully feel more confident using media and technology moving forward. You know, for the last episode, I was kind of talking with my wife the other day, and I said, Beth, I'm not really sure how to wrap this up rather than just say, bye, see you guys later. But she said, you know, Mark, what would be the one thing you would want to communicate to people? Let's say you're at a coffee shop. You had 20 minutes with somebody to just share the most important things you ever wanted to share with somebody about media and technology for the church. And what would you say to them? And so seeing, you know, seeing that my wife is the wise person that she is, I'm like, yeah, we probably should roll with that. So I jotted down a whole list of different things that I wish churches knew about media and technology, and I made sure I boiled it down to seven because I could have had a list of 30, 40, 50, let's be honest, um, 80, because this is episode 80, but I boiled it down to seven because A, seven's a fun number. B, it's the number of completion, which is kind of fun when you think about it that way. And also... um. Yeah, that's just where the list started. So these are the seven things I wish churches knew about media and technology. And to be honest with you, there's not a whole lot of notes. It's more of just quick bullet points and just kind of what, again, I mean, I can't reiterate this enough of what I knew churches knew about media and technology. So we're going to walk through these seven things, what they mean for your church and what it means for you moving forward. So the first thing that I wish churches knew about media and technology is this. There is always going to be new media and technology releases out there, and they will specifically advertise to you guys as churches. So there's always going to be new and improved media and technology, whether resources, whether programs, softwares, whatever. But my encouragement and challenge to you is do what best fits your church as you're looking to answer problems that you have in your church, don't just chase after shiny new objects. So if you have, uh, you're on Facebook, you see a new advertisement for a new way to communicate with your church people, a new app for you to download, a new software for you to use, a new way for you to integrate into all different parts of your worship service or experience or volunteer management or just church in general, you are going to lose so much credibility with your church members. Here's what I mean. What are some shiny new objects that a lot of times people create for churches and then ship out and say, this is the next best thing you need to add to your church or your workflow? The most popular ones for churches are new church management softwares. Generally, it's, hey, we can build you a new website, get you an app, get you this, get you that, your whole volunteer management, all these different things, and people quickly jump on board and change their entire systems around. 
Presentation softwares is another one. Streaming softwares, flipping from OBS to StreamYard to Yellow Duck to vMix, all these different things. You can even have more general technology in the church improvements, such as your mic, your soundboards, the technology you use and you're asking your volunteers to utilize and change and adapt. Church apps, like I've already talked about, and a big one recently that I haven't seen advertised all over the stinking place is email, texting, and communication platforms. Now, granted, you're... New technology is not a bad thing, but so many times, a lot of churches just want to try to jump to new technology really, really fast in terms of, hey, we're just going to switch and use this church management software now. Oh, that doesn't work. So now we're going to make people use this for just services, but now we want to use this for just that. And then sometimes companies will come and say, hey, we can consolidate this all under one roof and just give you one big, massive platform. But the thing about it is the fact of every time you make a change for media and technology that does not solve a problem, you lose faith with your volunteers because your volunteers have to learn something new, a new way of how to do what they've been doing for the last maybe five, six years, or hey, maybe in the last couple months. But there's always times when different problems arise. And as you find different problems arising in your church, the question is, is, is there an answer to it. Now, one problem you might have is just scheduling, for example, right? And, and you're thinking, okay, we're having a tough time communicating with our volunteers, putting them into workflows. We want to be able to do it on the go, send them push notifications, make sure people are good to go. That's a problem that you have for your church. So now you need to find a solution for that. Like Worship Tools has a phenomenal free program. You don't need to use Planning Center Services. I mean, let's be honest, Planning Center Services is the best out there. Absolutely no question at all. However, Worship Tools does have a free software that lets you schedule all of your volunteers around the Sunday morning worship service, including your children. And then they also do have presentation softwares and other stuff like that that we'll get into here in a little bit. But the biggest thing that I wish churches knew about media and technology is that there's always going to be new media technology out there. They always promise to fix a problem. But the main thing that I want churches to know is don't try to solve a problem unless you know there actually is a problem. Sometimes we like to just change for the sake of change. And guys, this is the 31-year-old millennial who loves change. (laughs) He says, let's just change it because it's just better. But at the end of the day, consistency matters. Finding answers to problems matter. And yes, you do need to change and you need to adapt, but make sure you know the why behind your what. So there's always going to be new media technology out there. It's always going to create new potential issues in your mind, but you have to figure out of, do we actually have a problem? And is this an answer to our Problem. So there's always going to be new media technology out there. Do what's best for your church and look only for answers to your problems, not just a shiny new object. Number two, just because there's a new social media platform out there does not mean that you need to be on it. However, you should not be scared to try it. As we are going, uh, let's just not as we are going, let's look back a little bit, all right? There's been a ton of different social media platforms that have arisen, and you guys are all extremely familiar with all of them, such as Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Vine was an old one that came and gone, MySpace was one that came and gone, Zynga was one that came and gone. There's always going to be different types of social media that are coming out, and just because, oh, 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 what's what's the audio one? Um, Clubhouse. Clubhouse was the audio version of a social media platform that came and went in like literally like, I don't know, what? two months, something like that. It was wild. But just because there's a new social media platform out there does not mean your church has to be on it, but that doesn't mean you should be scared to try it either. Rather, instead of just trying to jump to new things, 
try to do the best on just one platform. And if that works, you can expand from there. Again, it all goes back to what we talked about in this podcast of knowing the what, the whys, and hows of your church and how social media plays a role inside of all of those. Rather than just jumping to new platforms and slapping the same content over and over and over in all these different places, Rather, double down on the type of content you are creating, okay? Because just because there's a new social media platform out there does not mean you should be on it because you could be on it and actually doing more harm than good for your own church, but rather work on creating better content for the social media platforms you are already on. That's why we've been sponsored by Sermon Shots, where you can, right now they have a deal running. This is not sponsored. I just saw this on Facebook before I hopped on, actually, where you can get two free Sermon Series clips for your church if you just go over to Sermon Shots, all right? If you still mention my name, me and Corey are still great friends. We still talk. We still message. So make sure you check them out. They're a great, great company. Our other sponsor right now currently, hashtag.church, has a service where they don't say you get two clips a month, three clips a month. They literally just say, send us your sermon over. We'll get as many social media clips from that so that way you can use short form video for your content. In fact, I was also talking with another guy, Cody Harms, who was a guest here on the podcast. Podcast. I was just actually uh, Facebook messaging with him yesterday, actually, uh, not yesterday, because yesterday was Sunday. Uh, this would have been Friday. And he said that they have been going to vertical form formats for pretty much all of their social media posts. And he goes, those are the only things that seem to be working for our church. So again, just because there's a new social media platform out there doesn't mean you need to jump on it, but rather work to create better content for the social media platforms you are already on. Okay, so here's the third thing that I wish churches knew about media and technology, okay? You don't need a church app for your church. You don't. Get your website in order. And honestly, if your website is in order and does the job it needs to do, that's all you really need. Now, granted, if your church management software gives you an app like Planning Center does, like for example, a church I'm a member of, we use Planning Center for our church management software and we have the, the, the church center app that we use to sign up for our kids. For We have a marriage seminar that's happening this weekend that my wife and I signed up for, a Bible study I'm a part of, I signed up for it through the app. If your church management software gives you an app so that way you can utilize communication inside of your church and get signups more quickly and more efficiently, absolutely go for it. But I see so many times in Facebook groups, where, hey, we want to develop an app for our church. We want to develop an app for our church. We want to develop an app for our church. And my question so much, uh, so many of the times is simply why? So many people want an app so that way people can watch their sermons on the go. They can have push notifications to contact people. Um, they can receive prayer requests inside of the app. But the thing is, is most people only really use three or four apps on their phone. In fact, the primary apps that I use on my phone every single day are social media apps, email, text, and Safari. So why not just utilize the apps people are already using, set up, um, set up emails where you can send out the right emails to the right people. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. Uh, set up a texting software where you can text the right people with the right information. Again, we'll talk about that here in a little bit as well. But if people miss a sermon or they want to view in the live stream, they don't need to go to your app. They simply just need to go to YouTube or Facebook and it simply works. But so here's the deal, all right? So you don't need a church app. You simply don't. Get your website in order, and that's really all you need to do for that, okay? Now, if you again, if Planning Center or a different church management software that you're use, using gives you an app, go for it. 
utilize it, but make sure you double down on your church website and communication strategy for each area of your ministry, okay? We're gonna stop there. We're gonna keep going to number four because if I keep talking about this area, it's gonna convolute some of the other ones, all right? So the seven things I wish churches knew about media technology, number one, there's always gonna be new media and tech out there. Don't just change, chase shiny objects. I mean, I can't talk today, but rather if there's a problem, go look for the answer. Or if you are going to make a change, make sure you know the why before you do the what. Number two, just because there's a new social media platform out there does not need you need to be on that social media platform, but also don't be scared to try something new. But before you try something new, make sure you're already creating great content for the different social media platforms you are already on. Number three, you do not need a church app. It's a waste of money. Double down your website and make sure that works for you. Number four, do the key digital strategy things correctly. I don't I, I don't know how else to say it, but the, the key digital things correctly, such as a Google business profile, all right? Get your listing claim, add photos, make sure your content's up to date, and start asking your church members for review on your Google business profile. The second one is get your website up to speed with your church's mission and purpose on it, have the great photos, and enough information to answer people's questions. Because here's the deal. If someone lands on your church website, they have questions and they think your church might have answers to them. They want to know what your church is all about. What do the people look like? What type of church are you? Do you actually work in the community or not? You say this is your mission and vision, but how do you actually walk that out every single day? And what's in it for me if I come to your church? Can I get something out of it? Now, granted, these are things that we say as a church it's not always the most important thing. It's not about you. It's about serving other people. But if people are coming to your church website, they don't know any better. So we need to make sure we speak people's language and reach out to them in a way that is just useful to them. Also, another one is get a good church management software, okay? I have had a conversation with a few different churches now about building websites for them. And I say, all right, so so what church management software is your church currently utilizing? And they, the pastor kind of looks at the admin assistant looks at the assistant pastor and says, we just use Gmail whenever we want to email somebody. And I'm like, okay, so how do you track attendance and members and all that? Oh, we use an Excel document and it's good to go. But in today's day and age, a good church management of cloud-based church management software is absolutely crucial for how you can run the church because on the go, especially if it's cloud-based, you can update people's information. You can send out emails. You can track reports. You can track attendance. You can make sure people are going in the direction that they need to inside of your church. For example, if you have an order and a process queue of where you want people to take through from the time that they first walk in to how you interact with them to what their first steps ought to be, you can track all these different steps right inside of your church management software. You also are able to send out emails and certain ones let you track open and readability rates. You're sometimes able to even text people inside of your church management software as well. Now, you might be thinking, okay, Mark, so we already have a church management software. How do we make the best use of it? That's a big question I always get. We use Plain Center, we use Breeze, we use church communication or a church church community builder, church windows, shepherd keepers, all these different things. How do we best use our church management software? My simple answer to that one is make sure you utilize groups however your church management software does. Because as you are wanting to communicate with the people in your church, you need to make sure that they get the appropriate messages that they actually care about. Case in point, I got an email the other day about the Senior Saints Worship Hour. I'm not a senior saint. This sounds really bad. I don't give a rip about it. 
Like, I think it's great that they're having it. But for me and my family, I see that email come to me. Oh, the church wants to tell me something. Eh, I don't really care about that. Or I'll get another one about, hey, the student ministry are going to do this. So make sure you have your kid to the student ministry building at 7 p.m. So we go. And I'm like, again, I don't have a teenager. I don't really care. And so every time you send out an email or a text message to your people and it does not specifically speak to them, they will start to tune you out. If they keep deleting stuff, their Gmail, their Apple Mail, whatever they're using will start to flag your emails as junk. So make sure you categorize the people in the right categories and the right groups so that way when you do message people, it's messaging only the people that need to know about that information, all right? And the other thing that I want people to make sure that they do correctly is for social media, all right? Even if you don't use it a lot, people will check out your profile. So make sure your profile is at least good to go. If you're no longer posting on Instagram, make a post that says that. If you're no longer posting on Facebook, make sure you make a post that says that. On Facebook and Instagram and YouTube, make sure your profile picture is your church's logo, not some random American flag or an eagle or a basketball or I don't know, even honestly, even your pulpit, make it your church logo. And if you don't have a church logo, at least use your church's building, all right? And have a great cover photos that shows people inside of your church, okay? So those are the key areas of the digital strategy. You gotta make sure you do correctly is the Google business, get your website up to speed with the right information, which we just talked about with websites and branding. Make sure you use a good church management software and also for your social media, even if you're not using them, make sure they're set up in such a way where if someone lands on it, they know what to expect out of that, all right? The fifth thing that I would wish people in churches knew about media technology is that there are so many great cloud-based presentation softwares for Sunday morning worship that even if you don't have a budget, you can still utilize these amazing softwares. Worship Tools, uh, used to be Worship Extreme, has the best presentation software in the game for the best price. You ready? It's free. <laughs> if you want to pay, you can get access to more sermon series graphics or announcement graphics or bigger, bigger, badder, better storage with background graphics and motions, all these different things. But we're living in a culture today where, especially for small churches, we are asking volunteers to do a lot of different things. And if you're using a presentation software such as Google Slides, PowerPoint, Apple Keynote, you are, in my opinion, actually using a software that, yes, is meant for presenting, but does not serve the church and actually makes your workflow so much slower. Because the amazing thing with cloud-based presentation softwares is, A, you can make your slides anywhere in the world, as long as you have internet connection, all right? So your volunteer worship leader could be messing with them at their house. You as a pastor could be up putting in your own sermon series graphics from your house after you're done with them on Saturday night at 11.50 p.m., because we'd all know how that works. And then it also creates a library, so every time you do a song that you've already sang before, you don't have to copy and paste anything in. You don't need to retype anything out. You already have a library stored with all of your songs, and all you need to do is drag in that song that you've already sang that's already formatted for you. And specifically for small churches, if you are not using a cloud-based presentation software, my first question is, is well, what? software are you using? If you're already using ProPresenter and it already works, keep it rocking and rolling, go for it. But if you're using other ones like Easy Worship or Open Source or what's the Open Source LP, I think is what it used to be, or no, Open Source is what it was. It was like Open Worship LP, something like that. I don't know. There's a lot of really old technologies or PowerPoint, Keynote, Google Slides. Please, 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 for the sake of your volunteers and yourself, use a cloud-based presentation software such as Worship Tools. 
And if you go to Worship Tools, Adam Meyer is one of the best dudes I've ever met. He was actually just here in the area doing a whole workshop, and he actually sponsored the worship conference. So he flat out was saying, yes, we can sponsor the biggest worship con- uh, conference in all of northern Indiana and southwestern Michigan, and they can power that. They can power your church as well. So if you go to Worship Tools, just mention the Small Church Media Podcast, and they will make sure to take care of you really, really well. The sixth, six, I can't, this is one word I can't say. It's Fourth, fifth, sixth. I say Sith like it's Star Wars. But either way, the Sith thing that I wish people knew and about media and technology is the goal of media and technology is not to have a great online platform, okay? Yes, pastors have great online platforms such as Mike Todd, even ones that you might agree with like J.D. Greer or Rick Warren, N.T. Wright. He's a theologian. He even has a great online platform. So many churches and pastors have great online platforms, but that is not the intent purpose of social media. The intent purpose of social media is to build community. And for us as churches, we can double down on that to build community that leads from a digital connection to a connection in real life. So as you're thinking through your media strategy, such as your website, social media, your entire goal is to, yes, meet people where they are. Yes, to provide great content, but the whole goal is to eventually connect with them in real life. So if you're just pushing out social media posts just for the sake of doing it, but it's not to actually connect with people on the other side, you might want to reevaluate your strategy. So the goal of all media technology isn't just to have a great online platform, It's to bring the digital connection into a real-life connection. The last thing that I wish churches knew about media and technology is this, okay? And this is probably the one that I'm the biggest proponent of. I have taught this on other podcasts and other workshops, but here's the deal, okay? When we think about different connections that we have and different ways to teach our people, Sunday school was the primary method by which it was designed to just teach people about the Bible. It started with teaching kids how to read, write, brush their teeth, put on shirts, have manners. Then it turned into more catechism-based stuff. And then as Sunday school has evolved, yes, it's kind of turned into to more of a connect group or Bible study, but the modern church, as many of you guys already know, sometimes, yes, still has services Sunday morning, Sunday night, but Sunday school is one of the fastest dropping attended pieces inside of a church, all right? Now, if you have an amazing Sunday school program, double down and get after it. When I was pastoring, we had an active, thriving student ministry Sunday school, and because of that, it actually bled into other areas of the church because the kids and the teens wanted to be here, so the adults wanted to be there as well, and we also had some amazing Sunday schools as well, but as many churches are coming out of COVID, still trying to figure out what can we do for Sunday school instead? A, so many times people just want Sunday schools to make a connection point. And I think we do need connection point because even right now for myself, full disclosure, full honesty, I've been healing from being in full-time ministry for my literally my entire life. In the last year, I have done almost no ministry in the local church. Uh, the church that we're now members at, the pastor literally just said, Mark, just come heal find rest, get engrafted in the body, and then when you're ready, let's get after it and let's do it. Now, I haven't stopped serving Christianity and Jesus and this church and so many different other areas. However, with my local church, yes, I've taken a break from so many different ministries, but I'm ready to jump in and get connected. Now, when I say get connected, it doesn't mean, oh, I just wish our church had a Sunday school and I could go and sit and listen to a sermon before I walk in and hear another sermon. That's not what I mean at all. Our church has had so many different connect groups that have been started and founded by different people in different walks of life. They made at different times. They have different purposes. That's what I would challenge you as a church to do. But to replace the educational side of Sunday school, podcasting for churches, in my opinion, is the new Sunday school. Now, granted, can podcasting create a community while you're creating the content? 
Simple answer. No, no, I really can't. But the amazing thing about podcasting is in today's day and age, people are on the go all the time. And we have stats to back it up that podcasting is growing like never before. And I can guarantee most of the people in your church, specifically the younger generation, maybe even you know Gen Z, Millennial, and even Gen X, we all are big time podcast listeners. We all have our favorite podcasts. We all know what they are. And we all preach about them all the time to all of our other friends. Why can't the church step into this gap, okay? Why can't the church say, as a local body, hey, we want to do some more educational content. We want to have conversations around things that are happening in our culture, different types of Bible studies, get into the weeds a little bit more, have a theological-based conversation, maybe even have more of a devotional-type content where we kick out shorter content, but more frequently. The church has so many amazing opportunities to use podcasting to already reach the members in your church to say, hey, we know you're busy. We know you have a lot going on. We know you're on the go all the time. We are creating this resource so that way when you're on the go, you can keep your eyes and your mind and your ears focus on the things above, not on the things below coming out of uh, Romans there and have different content to just meet people where they are at. I know a handful of churches that were doing podcasting and they stopped and recently they just started doing podcasting again. And if you want to check out that podcast, if you go to YouTube, I know they also have it on all the other platforms as well, but there's a church out in, I think it's Virginia Beach called Water's Edge Church. They have a YouTube channel called Coffee Time at Water's Edge. Now, I will just flat out say this, their um, production value for the video site on YouTube is absolutely phenomenal, okay? Rodney Buse, he had his own podcast called But What Does the Bible Say? They had another podcast for the church. They kind of combined it all together and he's leading this podcast. The dude is a tech media guru. He is a junkie. I absolutely love this guy. And hey, I've even been featured on his podcast before in the past. And my other co-host for the other podcast has as well. But they had this vision of, you know, our church people are here for Sunday morning worship. Yes, they come for Wednesday, they're serving, but they still want to know more. They want to hear more about our pastors. They want to hear more about different things that are going on in culture. We want to have these conversations. So let's create different type of content and see if it just works. Now, granted, they are very, very good at this church, specifically Water's Edge with, we're gonna do this for X amount of months, we're gonna reevaluate, and then we're gonna shift gears. So just because you start a podcast for your church, whether YouTube or audio-based only, does not mean it's gonna get any traction and go anywhere. That's why back in the podcast, we did a whole series on podcasting for churches about why you need to make sure you know what type of podcast you're creating, the type of voice you wanna have it, how frequent you wanna have it done, and also, if you're gonna do a podcast, you gotta make sure the audio is actually good because if it just sounds really feedbacky and has a lot of background noise and it doesn't sound really crisp and clear and it doesn't have a good purpose and direction and intensive with the podcast, no matter how many people love you, they ain't going to listen. So you got to make sure the quality is actually good. You got to put the same amount of time into a podcast as you would a Sunday school with presenting the materials. So as we wrap up both this episode and the show for a little bit, you know, we've created so much, man, we've created so so much content. So if we have 80 episodes in each episode, which I know is not 30 minutes, some go a little longer, some go a little less. We have well over 40 hours of content that we've created to help you guys as small churches use media and technology to, yes, not just reach outside and get new people saved and impact the culture around you, but simply just grow the faith of your congregation. And I want to make sure I 
reiterate this really well. That content is not going anywhere, okay? The website's going to stay live. The podcast is going to stay live for as long as I possibly can let it stay alive, which doesn't mean just like a year or two. It's more the fact of as long as it's in me, we're going to keep this podcast going. So as we are are ending this episode, ending the show here for a little bit, I'm not trying to end it on a sour note because to be honest, I don't know... I don't know what's going to happen in the future. All I know is it's been an amazing, amazing experience meeting so many of you. I mean, I've had so many conversations with pastors in the Dakotas, in Idaho, in California, Florida, Texas, Michigan. I've even had conversations with people outside of the United States. People are downloading our resources over in Europe, over in Canada, and it's just been wild to see this podcast grow and reach so many small churches all across literally the world to just learn, okay, we need to use media and technology. The small church really is the backbone of the American church, and let's be honest, the global church as well. So what can we do to use media to literally just do it and do it well? And I want to challenge you with this. This is kind of like the last thought. This has nothing to do with the notes or anything, but my last thought and my last encouragement to you guys is this, okay? Just because a small church is small does not mean it's making a kingdom impact, okay? Without medium and without technology, you can still make an amazing impact in your community, in your culture. Because at the end of the day, people really just want to know how much you care about them and how much you love them. And if your church, even if you don't have live stream, you have a janky website, you don't have great social media, but you're in your community and you're involved and you're serving and you're meeting people where they are at, yes, you're still doing the work of the kingdom, okay? But at the same time, we need to be stewards of what we've been given, specifically a lot of the free resources that we've been given, such as Google business profiles, such as social media. Now, websites are not free, but all things considered, they can be pretty cheap. There's free church management softwares. There's uh, Breeze is not free, but Breeze is probably the cheapest one hands down to do all of this. But again, we did an episode of like the 15 free resources uh, Well, okay, so it's not the 15 free, but just free resources, uh, software tools for your church, episode 21, where in that episode, we talked about all the different resources that are out there and how you can do literally anything and everything kind of having more of a hodgepodge system, but do it all for free, such as using Planning Center people to just manage your people completely free. Worship tools for volunteer scheduling and also for um, putting your sermon series graphics and worship slides up on the screen. I created the free sermons graphics mini course about how you can make free sermon series graphics for your church using Canva free. There's so many amazing free resources out there for us as small church that we just need to utilize and we just need to learn how to use these things to literally just, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know. There's just so much free resources out there that we just need to be good stewards of what we've been given, the opportunities that we have, and make sure we just, at the end of the day, when we appear before the throne, we say, yes, God, I was a good, faithful servant of what you gave me. Now, again, some people have been given one talent, five talents, 15 talents, and we're all not expected to produce the same as a 15 talent if we've only been given one. But at the same time, we've all been given something, and we got to make sure we utilize that, all right? So as we end this episode, these are seven things that I wish churches knew about media technology, but these aren't the only seven things. There's 80 different episodes of this podcast that you can learn about so many different facets of church media and technology. There's the free resource library where although it's not big, although it's not massive, although it's honestly not really that impressive, there are some free resources that can help you grow in your understanding of church media and technology. But at the end of the day, again, there's so many Facebook groups out there where you can continue to grow in your understanding with all of this 
as well. So as we land the plane, I'm just going to end it with this. I want to say thank you guys for hanging out with me for the last year and a half where we're trying to use literally 80 episodes where we're trying to learn how to use media and technology to grow the faith of our church congregation, also be able to reach out of our four walls. I want to encourage you to keep up the good fight, keep doing what you're doing, keep utilizing media technology in ways that just make sense to you and your church. Again, it's been a whole lot of fun hanging out. If you have any questions that you would love for me to answer, obviously not here on air, but I would feel free to email you. Please email me those questions at either one of these two email addresses, okay? Hello at smallchurch.media or hello at markhigh.com. Mark with a C. Hello at markhigh.com. Email either one of those email addresses. Give me a couple of days. I'll make sure I get an answer back to you with the questions that you have. Just like always, guys, it's been a pleasure hanging out with you guys again. Don't come back, same time, same place next week. But if you do have questions, feel free to answer, oh, feel free to answer those. Feel free to ask those. I'll make sure I answered those questions. Again, it's been awesome. It's been a pleasure. And I hope you guys use media and technology in such a way where you really are growing the faith of your congregation and reaching outside your four church walls.